I love that little slide. It's so epic. I'm just, I'm like ready to teach now and talk with you. <laughs> well, hey, I'm so, it's so great to be with you today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Blackhawk Church. And I actually want to begin with a little story, just uh, something like a little uh, life update that happened to me this past like month, month and a half ago. So I actually moved, not out of Madison, within Madison. But I don't know about you, whenever I move to a new place, I just kind of get excited about like the potential that like that new place has, right? HGTV, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't, but that's okay. So I, mo- I moved into this new place, and I remember the first day walking inside upstairs, and I was just kind of taking a little tour, and I thought, oh, this wall would look really cool this color. Or, oh, man, I should put, like, my chair here and, oh, some plants here. And then I walked downstairs to the basement, and I said, I am living with a basement. On the West Coast, you don't really have basements where I'm from. So I went into the basement, and immediately I looked up, and I saw a drop ceiling. I don't know if you've seen a drop ceiling before. Here's, here's a picture of a drop ceiling. Behold in all its glory, a drop ceiling. Now, my drop ceiling looked like it was in its prime in the 90s. <laughs> or sorry, not the 90s, the 70s. It was like just different shades of color. It was just kind of like, you know, it hadn't been kept really well since the 70s. There were like watermarks. And not only that, it was like just two inches above my head. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I wonder what it would look like to just take the whole drop ceiling off, just to remove it. So I thought, okay, I'll take a couple panels off. So I lifted a panel up. I kind of like worked its way down, lifted a panel up. I just wanted to see what it would look like with a few panels off. And then finally, I, I lifted one up. And about a minute later, I lifted another one up. And then all of a sudden, something just fell off of the panel, slid down, hit me right in the face, and landed on the floor, and I was shocked. I might have let out a little scream. (laughs) It scared me. And I looked down to see what the heck it was. Like, what was that? Now, if you've lived in an older house before, you might know where this is going. And if you haven't, and you're a little squeamish, you can go ahead and plug your ears right now. People, it was a mouse, a dead mouse. Here's a picture of the dead mouse. I'm just, I'm going to spare you from that. that. But it was a dead mouse. Are you kidding me? But I needed a couple more panels off just to see what it would look like. So I was so nervous. I like was shaking. I lifted another panel off right in the face, landed on the floor, another dead mouse. Like what the, what, what is going on? I knew at that moment that drop ceiling had to go down. It was a goner. My house needed to be clean. My basement would no longer be a graveyard for these little mice to go and breathe their little last breath. I needed to rebuild. (laughs) And that's what this season's been like for me. I'll walk into my upstairs bathroom and then take a step and be like, oh, I don't think tile should be soggy. And then I'll like lift up the tile and sure enough, the entire floor is rotten. So I have to get rid of the floor and put a new floor in. This season has been a rebuilding season for me. (laughs) And you know, the more that I think about it, 
the more that I'm realizing this season is really a rebuilding season for all of us. I mean, think about it. This last year, a little over a year, we have been living differently than we ever have before. I mean, with social distancing, masks, with dry hands from all the hand sanitizer. Listen, when I was young, I was terrible at Frogger, but I'm really good at like the real life Frogger when someone's getting close to you and you just kind of jump out of their way. But this season has been so different for us. I mean, you know it. We've lost things that we love. And for some of us, we've lost people that we love. This last season has dramatically affected us in ways that we are never going to forget. But for, for most of us, right now, things are slowly starting to change. <laughs> I mean, as uh, vaccinated people, uh, as the number of vaccinated people keeps rising and, and the number of COVID cases just keeps going down, things are beginning to shift a little bit. Things are beginning to change. And it's like, like we've been talking about, we're exiting in the process of exiting COVID land and we're entering into this new land where we have this opportunity to do things in a new way, to, to live differently, to rebuild our lives differently. Now, we are in the third week of the series that we are calling Homecoming with the epic music at the beginning. And Charles actually kicked this, uh, this uh, series off a couple weeks ago. And when he began the series, he began at the very beginning of Ezra and Nehemiah. And remember at that talk, he, Charles talked about how Ezra and Nehemiah it's, was originally written as one book. And he kicked it off by talking about how King Cyrus, who is the king of Persia, allowed the Israelites to return to their homeland. And for those who wanted to return to the homeland, they made the journey. And the rest of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah goes over these three faith leaders and their rebuilding efforts. It starts out with Zerubbabel, which is an awesome name, Zerubbabel. I just love saying it. Um, he led the efforts to rebuild the temple. And then as you continue in Ezra and Nehemiah, you get to Ezra himself, who led the efforts to rebuild the Torah and the community. And then you get to Nehemiah, who led the efforts to rebuild the wall. And today, we're actually going to focus on Nehemiah and his efforts to rebuild the wall. And as we do that, as we are looking at his efforts to rebuild the wall, I actually want to give all of you different invitations different invitations to rebuild our lives differently in this season. We're going to be talking about how Nehemiah is rebuilding differently and how we are invited to rebuild differently. Does that sound good? That's what we're going to do. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. The first invitation that I want to give all of you is to really just get serious about rebuilding. Get serious about rebuilding. 
Now, if you have your Bibles with you or your smartphones, go ahead and turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, we have Nehemiah talking to the new king of Persia, King Artaxerxes. And Nehemiah, he's actually the cupbearer, the guy that gives the king wine. And this is the conversation in Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of the king Artaxerxes, when wine was brought from him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king said to me with the queen sitting beside him, then the king said to me with the queen sitting beside him, he asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Okay, so Nehemiah was serious about rebuilding, so much so that he left Persia, he left where he was living, and entered into the land of Jerusalem to uh, really lead the rebuilding efforts of the wall around Jerusalem. Now, I actually want to want to pause for a second. <laughs> We're talking about building. We're talking about rebuilding. I just want to like go a little deeper so all of us can get at a, like a common level when it comes to rebuilding. So whenever anyone gets serious about rebuilding or building, you typically have a blueprint. Now, this is kind of an old school blueprint. Um, people like construction workers, architects, anyone who's serious about rebuilding will use this blueprint printed on blue paper. And a blueprint's purpose is to show you just kind of an outline and like a detailed outline in a plan of action of what you're trying to build. Now, today we have like different versions of blueprints. People will still kind of use outlines and plans on paper, but... But for the most of us, when we are building, we use kind of different blueprints, like YouTube. If you're doing kind of a project, whether it's in your yard, your house, or um, a school project, typically, if you don't know what to do, you'll kind of go to YouTube, and you'll find a YouTube video that'll teach you. Or another kind of blueprint that we'll use um, is just talking with someone, talking with someone who's built what you are trying to build, and they have kind of this expert knowledge. Listen, I've, I've been to almost every Madison home improvement store in the last month and a half, and I feel like the show Cheers, if you remember that, where like everybody knows my name because I go to everyone and ask them how to do everything. <laughs> but, because here's the deal, if we go into rebuilding blindly, then we want, not only won't have the tools that we, need, that we need for building, we won't have what we need to actually do it, but we won't know how to do what we're actually doing. We'll be blind when it comes to that because rebuilding requires intentionality. When I, when I had to rebuild my drop ceiling, get all that, those mice out there and rebuild it, I didn't go into it blindly. I actually had to talk to some friends who knew what 
to do because I had no clue what to do. And not only that, I had to find out what tools I needed, like gloves, a hammer, a crowbar, and maybe looking back like a bathtub full of hand sanitizer to just baptize my body from those mice. <laughs> that would have stung, but I don't know. I might have done it. Who knows? <laughs> but, but if, okay, so I'm talking about blueprints. I'm talking about building. If you are at a place where you might be thinking, okay, all right, I might get serious about rebuilding, but where do I start? Maybe the, the process is a little bit overwhelming. And that's a good question. So with that, I want to invite us to go back to the text to see where, uh, where the text uh, asks us or invites us to start. Because that's a good place for us to start. It's this question that King Artaxerxes asked Nehemiah. Because answering that question is where Nehemiah started. All right, the text. This is where Nehemiah was talking to the king, his sadness of heart. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lied in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? What is it you want? Nehemiah was sad. I mean, the city where his ancestors were buried lied in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Nehemiah knew that, that God had given this land to, to his people and God was like, man, here's this land, follow me in the land. But they didn't. They rebelled against God. They sinned. And because of that, they were tossed into exile. Well, many, many years later, with the other leaders, Nehemiah led the efforts from the land of Persia into this new land to rebuild. And as we are exiting this, this COVID land and we are entering in this new land, a good place to start is to ask ourselves, what is it we want? I mean, think about that right now. Right now, all of you, wherever you're at in life, what is it that you want? How do you envision your life going forward? Do you like how you've been living? Or at different points, have you been filled with anxiety? in this past season, loneliness in this past season. Maybe there is different decisions that you made, and man, you regret. Maybe kind of like a snowball that gets bigger, some habits have creeped in, and, and they've gotten large and large, and you might be at a place where you're thinking, man, how do I stop these? Maybe when it comes to your relationships, you're not where you want to be. Maybe when it comes with, with God, you're not where you want to be. Well, it's a new season. <laughs> what is it you want? Maybe it's time for all of us to, to get serious about rebuilding because the reality is we don't have to stay where we are at. What is it that you want? And what's interesting is to see how Nehemiah answered that question. Let's go back. The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I 
I prayed to the God of heaven. Then I prayed. If you find yourself asking the question, what is it I want? The next best thing to do is to pray. (laughs) To ask God, what is it that you might want? And then to ask him help for it. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. And that led Nehemiah to being honest with King Artaxerxes. And that led King Artaxerxes to let Nehemiah leave Persia and to go back to his homeland and rebuild the efforts for Nehemiah to be able to do what he wanted to do. And as the story goes, Nehemiah lived happily ever after, right? (laughs) No, that's not what happened. He didn't live happily ever after. He actually, when he got there and started doing what he wanted to do after he prayed, he experienced opposition from the people in the land. Let's go ahead and turn to, um, let's turn to Nehemiah, Ezra Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, verse 7. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod, just great biblical names going on right now, <laughs> heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all of the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Okay, this is really interesting. So the builders held like a hammer in one hand and a weapon in the other. So I know what you might be thinking right now. Okay, Michael, so are you trying to tell me when it comes to rebuilding my life for God Am I supposed to hold like a Bible in one hand and like a sword or like a bow staff or nunchucks or throwing some weird weapon in the other? Like, is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. That would be really weird and definitely illegal, probably illegal. I don't know. (laughs) Let's look back at the text to see what's really going on. They were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to stir up trouble against it. You see, we have two different competing blueprints happening right now. We have God's blueprint. Nehemiah was following it. He was rebuilding God's kingdom. And then we had the people in the land's blueprint. It conflicted with God's blueprint. You see, they didn't want God's kingdom to be established. They didn't want God's kingdom to be built. So they opposed. And the point that I'm trying to get at is this. When we make the decision to rebuild our lives for God, we will always experience opposition. Which leads me to the next invitation I want to give all of you. The invitation to rebuild our lives differently even when there's opposition. All right. Back to the mice. 
You heard me back to the mice because here's the deal. I'm traumatized from it and I'll probably never be done talking about it. So when I was in my basement and I realized that there were dead mice in my drop ceiling, I not only knew that I had to take all of the mice out, but that I had to do something to protect myself, protect my house from mice getting in, right? So, okay. I never thought that I would become like a local Madison expert on mousetraps because I went into a deep dive to find out all the different mousetraps out there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. There's a ton of them. Kind of feel bad for the mice, but there's a lot of them. And then I also never thought that I would be on my hands and knees. I don't know if you've done this before. Maybe only me. Circling my house, trying to find the little hole that the little mice are coming in and then to like patch it up and block it because I don't want those little fellas in anymore. You see, what was I doing there? I was protecting what I was rebuilding on the inside, which is exactly what Nehemiah was doing. So what does that look like for our lives when we're rebuilding our lives? Well, a few weeks ago, I had, uh, I, there was a situation where I realized that I was letting some things into my life that were like affecting me in not the best way, kind of like the mice. So I don't know about you, but whenever I go onto a Zoom call, like a Zoom meeting, there's a couple different scenarios that I experience. So the teaching team, I was on a teaching team Zoom call. It was like a meeting that was supposed to happen. And then you know how it takes a couple minutes for everyone to like come in. And then there's like a couple awkward scenarios. I think they're all awkward. The first one is just like awkward silence as you just wait for people to enter the call so you can begin? Yeah, it's awkward. (laughs) The second one is like the forced small talk. Like, how was your day? Good, how was your day? 10 seconds of silence. What did you watch yesterday? 10 seconds. The third scenario is actually my favorite scenario. I love this scenario. It's what I call like the summer camp scenario or the middle school scenario. It's where like someone has an icebreaker question for everyone to answer as everyone's coming into the Zoom call. Charles, you lobbed an icebreaker at us. It was how many streaming services do you have? So everyone kind of started talking about it. And when we were kind of getting near the end, I realized that most people had like two to four streaming services that they've been watching. I don't think Chris had any. I had eight. (laughs) You heard me right. Hello, my name is Michael. I have eight streaming services. It was silent. No one talked. They didn't know what to say. In fact, that was the very first time that I've ever heard Charles U. speechless. (laughs) And in the deafening silence, I knew that, oh gosh, I wonder if I have a problem. (laughs) Maybe during COVID, something got out of control. And I started kind of thinking about, okay, why do I have eight streaming services other than my love for the cinema? (laughs) And, And then I started really looking deeper and deeper, and I realized that through COVID, I was getting numb from everything that was going on. And I realized that it was easier to look at a screen than to look within. And I realized as I'm exiting COVID land and rebuilding my life differently for God, that I wanna do things differently in this. 
that I want to look within more and see what's going on, and I want to process more with Jesus, and I want to process more with, with community and with people, and I want to protect what I'm rebuilding because I'm vulnerable right now, and I want to block things from getting in, and what that looks like for me is canceling some of those subscription services that will tempt me. Now, I know what you're thinking. Michael, are you going to cancel Disney Plus? No. Because you know that I'm connected to Baby Yoda in a way that I cannot express. I want to know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to cancel that one. But I need to protect myself as I'm rebuilding my life for Jesus in this new time. What about you? As you're rebuilding your life for Jesus, what are different things that you need that are, have been coming into your life that are not having the best effect on you? And what does it look like to block those things? Or maybe in this past season, you've rebuilt your life differently for God during COVID. And you actually, as you're entering into this new season, this new line, you want to protect what you've rebuilt. What does that look like for you? Because the reality is, when we rebuild our lives for God, we will always experience opposition. And we will always experience opposition because there will always be conflicting blueprints some of them going as far as trying to get us to stop following God's blueprint and to start following another one. Which leads to the next invitation I want to give you to rebuild our lives differently by using God's blueprint. Now, for this invitation, I actually want to go back to the conversation that Nehemiah was having with King Artaxerxes. The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Can we time out for a second? <laughs> can we real talk? I don't know if it's just me. What? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like, he wants to be sent back to where his ancestors are buried so that he can rebuild it. What is that? Like, I honestly, when I first read this, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. What does that mean? I mean, I mean, he, he, Nehemiah was talking to the king. He had the highest power and authority in all the land. The king could probably give him literally anything that he asked for. And this is what he said. Think about it right now. Okay, someone comes up to you who has like the highest authority and power in the land. And they're like, okay, what do you want? So let me know. I can give it to you. What do you want? And you say, ah, thanks. You know, I want to go back to my ancient, you know, like the place where my ancient ancestors are buried and rebuild a wall. Like, no, that's weird. So <laughs> my family, we're actually pretty confident that we've traced back where our family comes from. The name kind of gives it away. It's a little village in Norway called Napstad. <laughs> kind of gives it away. It's, it's Napstad. So this is it's kind of a cute little village. It's small, and I like it, you know. Okay, so what if right now, as I'm talking with all of you, someone comes up here and says, okay, Michael, listen, buddy, believe me, I have all the power and authority. Trust me, I do. Right now, in this current context, what do you want? Anything. And I'm like, oh, anything? And they're like, literally anything. I'm like, really? I can have anything? 
Yeah, just tell me. Okay, so I want to go back to my ancient ancestors' place because there's a little wall that's not like not in the best shape, and I want to rebuild the efforts, lead the efforts to rebuild that. Like, no, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. He had a great life, great wealth. He had this great position. It was a high-ranking palace position. Literally, when the king asked him, "What do you want?" he could have said anything. Anything and a lot of things would have made a lot more sense. He could have said, Man, thanks so much for asking, Artaxerxes. Like, I would actually like a pay raise, or you know, thanks for asking. This past season, I've just been wearing joggers and jammies, and I need a new wardrobe. They probably weren't wearing joggers and jammies. I don't know. You talk to Charles for what people wore. Uh, or like, man, King Artaxerxes, I'm your cupbearer. I give you wine. And this past season, you've been going a little hard and my wrist is hurting. And I think the best thing for me would be to go to a paid vacation to a beach to rest my wrist. And, right? So he could have asked for anything. And in fact, those things are things that as we're entering into this new line, we're seeing advertisements everywhere for. I mean, I want those things. <laughs> Why doesn't Nehemiah answer that way? Like, why not? Because his identity was rooted in the story of the people of God. See, Nehemiah knew that God was building his kingdom in Israel. And that kingdom needed a wall. So Nehemiah left his privilege. He left Persia to go to the land of his ancestors because that is where God was moving. That was the next chapter in the story of the people of God. So Nehemiah leveraged his power. He leveraged his influence. He leveraged his connections to help build God's kingdom. Would you do the same? Would you do the same? Because right now, God is in the process of using his people to rebuild his kingdom right here in Madison. For those of us who call Madison their home, that is where God is moving. And the same is true for you no matter what city you live in. Do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to rebuild your life towards that? What do you want? Or maybe the better question to ask is, who do you want to be? Because right now, God is giving us the opportunity to be his people and to build, to rebuild his kingdom, not only in our lives, but in the city around us. That is what we're being invited to rebuild. And God has given us blueprints to help us with that. And for the rest of my time today, I want to go over a couple blueprints. It leads us to the last invitation to choose a blueprint and start rebuilding differently. So I'm going to go over a couple foundational blueprints that can help us 
as we get serious about rebuilding and rebuild our lives towards God as his people today. And as I go over these different blueprints, my invitation for you is to just find one. If there's one that's kind of stirring in your heart that I'm talking about, grab a hold of that. And this week, go ahead and build your life towards that. The first one, make God your center. Sometimes little green dots go here. Make God your center. When Nehemiah got serious about rebuilding, he started with prayer. He started by making God his center. And as you look back at this last season, what does that look like for you? What has that been like? Has your life revolved around God or have you tried to get God's life to revolve around you? What would it look like to rebuild differently in this season? Maybe it's choosing a time during the day, like, I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm, going to pray, I'm going to pray in the morning or in the afternoon or at night. Maybe as you're rebuilding, you're going to find things that you need to block that are going to come in and try to tempt you from, from making God your center. You're going to say, no, I'm going to block that. Or maybe you're identifying things that you rebuilt during COVID and you're going to protect them because those things have helped you make God your center. To use that blueprint of making God your center. The second blueprint, read the Bible. Welcome to Blackhawk Church. We talk about reading the Bible a lot. <laughs> so Nehemiah he knew the story of the people of God. And we read the Bible so that we can learn the story of the people of God. Last week, Pastor Chris, in his talk, he talked exactly about this, the importance of reading the Bible. And it was a really, really great talk. If you haven't had the chance to listen to it yet, I encourage you, go back and listen to it. It's really great. And the, and the third blueprint is to invest in a Jesus-centered community. If you were to ask Nehemiah, where's God working? Nehemiah would say, find God's people. Because to Nehemiah, God is always working through his people. I mean, that's why Nehemiah chose to invest his entire life in. That's what he chose to invest in his entire life. And that's why he built a wall to protect his people in that time as they were rebuilding God's kingdom. And as you look back at your life, what does investing in God's people look like for you? What does that look like? And I know as people are listening to this, we're probably all over the spectrum. Some of you have, might be thinking, I've really never invested my, my time in, in God's people. I don't know what that means. Or maybe you're like, that's my life. That's where I live. Wherever you're at collectively, I want to invite you to make a step closer to investing in God's community. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't spend time with people who aren't in God's community. No, Jesus even did that. So, but what does it look like to take a step closer? Maybe it's you're finding your, that you're at a place where it's safe for you to maybe come to church in person, if that's where you're at. Or maybe you want to start volunteering with, with uh, Blackhawk kids, like I, last season, I volunteered with Blackhawk Kids, and it was so, so like important in just, I will never forget it. Or maybe you want to sign up to uh, partner with us in Love Madison next week as we actually tangibly go out into Madison and beyond and just rebuild for God. Or maybe 
you can have a conversation with whoever you talk uh, with that, that's, um, you know, someone who's a God's people, like in God's community, like a life group. And you can maybe talk about what it looks like to take a step closer to investing with each other. My life group had that conversation last week, like, hey, are we ready to meet in person? And everyone was at a different place. And then someone said, okay, what if we just take like a baby step towards community? What's, what does that look like for you? To invest in God's people. Because if we want to be where God's working, we have to be where God's people are at because you can't have one without the other. Now, whatever blueprint you choose, I actually want to end by challenging you. I want to challenge you. Because it's easy to just hear a talk and then go out on your way, have a great Sunday, and then during the week and kind of forget. But no, I want to challenge you to really grab a blueprint and then to really grab whatever hammer it looks like to rebuild your life towards God using that blueprint and together for us to rebuild. Let's pray. So Jesus, I just pray that we can be a community that as we are entering this new season, that we can rebuild our lives for you. And I know that building is hard work. Jesus, a lot of us, most of us, I am tired. It can be challenging to think, man, I I felt like I've been trying to just keep things stable and now I have to rebuild. God, I pray that you give us energy. I pray that you give us wisdom. I pray that you give us strength. I pray that you help us as we get serious what rebuilding looks like for us and as we rebuild our lives for you, Jesus, so that no matter where we're at, whether it's in Madison or not, that we can help bring your kingdom more here today. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.